since. But I began to worry when I saw the list of food. How am I going to eat and enjoy all of this? Well, I soon found out you can eat a seven-course meal when the chef is very judicious in how large the portions are, and especially how much pasta you get so it doesn't overload your stomach and sit there like a weight all night. So when all said and done, we were satisfied, but certainly not overfilled. I learned something else that night. Presentation plays a huge part of an enjoyable meal. You see that whenever you walk into the bakery and see the cakes, the pies, the pastries, and the, and the donuts all laid out to their best advantage, and they're just asking you, come and take one of these and enjoy it. You'll want a second, too. I also discovered there's a job called a food photographer, and a food photographer spends hours adjusting those plates of food on the best light and making it look just perfect so that when you pick up the menu at Applebee's or Bob Evans and look at those photographed pictures of that food, they're all whispering or maybe even screaming at you, pick me, choose me, I promise, I will deliver. The Bible is working with that same food imagery in Proverbs this morning. Wisdom has prepared a delicious feast for all those whom she invites in. A delicious feast, the finest of meats. Maybe it's roast beef, maybe it's ribeye, maybe it's roast lamb, and then to accompany it, the finest wines from her cellar that you can imagine. And she has put it all on the finest china, served with the best shiniest silverware and the most gleaming crystalware because she understands the importance of presentation. The best food cannot be served on paper china, Dixie cups, 
paper napkins and sporks and other kind of plastic ware. Only the best for her guests. What she offers can't be undercut by serving it on cheap convenience utensils. Because she's not serving lesser cuts of meat. It's not hamburger. And she's not giving you a bottle of the cheapest wine just to save a buck here or there. So why should it be served on throwaway items? What she serves is the best. And what is that best? Well, earlier, Proverbs lays it out. Wisdom says, whoever finds me finds life. Life. Is there anything finer than life, especially the life the Bible talks about for those who come in and feast on her food? Well, who is this wisdom? And from where does this wisdom come? Well, here's a clue. Today's Gospel, you heard Jesus say that His words were life and light. Earlier in Proverbs, wisdom says, I was there when God set out the heavens in place. And when He marked out the horizons on the face of the deep, I was the craftsman at His side. Does that give you a clue? Remember what Paul said about the Son of God. All things were created through Him, by Him, and for Him. Wisdom is nothing less than the Old Testament's imagery of the Son of God, of Jesus. So, it's wisdom inviting you know that it is really the Son of God, Jesus Christ, inviting you to the feast He has prepared. And so when we hear Jesus' words, when we, as one of our prayers says, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest those words, we are getting wisdom. Godly wisdom. It's not the normal kind of wisdom that you get as, as you age, as you have more experience. But this kind of wisdom is the wisdom that comes from God and reveals God's nature. Reveals what He thinks about you and me. What His plan is for you and for me. And for that reason, Paul says, it's Christ who is the wisdom and power of God. And so it is wisdom's words that forgive the worst sins. They strengthen the weakest heart. Wisdom's words recreate and restore the most broken among us. God presents these words of life in fitting receptacle, the most grand of all, and that is through His only Son. It can't come any better than through Him. Now, I wish our text had gone through the rest of Proverbs, but uh, the one whose committee or whoever designs how much you're going to hear each week Cut it off where it did. But if you read through the rest of chapter 9, you'll learn that wisdom has a competitor. Late in the chapter, we learn about who this competitor is. Her name is Folly. It says, The woman Folly is loud, and she sits at the door of her house on a seat in the highest point of the city, calling out to those who lack judgment, Let all who are simple come in here. Stolen water is sweet, Food eaten in secret is delicious. But what attracts people to wisdom's food is the promise that it gives. Life. It's high quality. It reveals God. So what would attract the simple-minded to folly's food? It's illicit. It's black market stuff. It's stolen goods eating from her table will not give you wisdom 
but it'll sure give you a thrill. And that's what she promises. Folly kind of reminds me of the guy who uh, comes to your house in the summertime, knocks on your door, and almost apologetically says, hey, I got this big truck of refrigerated meats and seafood, and it just went out, and I got to get rid of, this, rid of this stuff at bargain price, so I'm willing to sell it to you for a very reasonable price. What do you think? Well, what he doesn't tell you is, his truck already broke down once in Fort Wayne. His truck broke down in Lima. The same truck's gonna break down in Toledo. Didn't break down at all. He's just trying to get rid of those kind of things at bargain prices that once you get, you realize you paid a premium price for something that wasn't really worth it. God recognizes there's a competitor to the life that he offers. And food was at the center of that competition almost from the beginning of the world itself when the competitor called into question what God had said about it. Did God really say you can't eat that? Huh. Are you going to believe that? Well, God knows that if you eat that, you'll become like him. You will have wisdom knowing good and evil. So Folly promised wisdom, but the thrill of eating something that God had forbidden was unmistakable. And that had great drawing power in its time. But, friends, it's astonishing that even so many years have passed since that time, conditions are still the very same today. Cheap thrills got by eating stolen goods. Those seeking thrills don't care how it's packaged. Put it in cardboard, serve it with a dirty syringe needle. I don't care, so long as it delivers. But that's the catch. It never does deliver. Here's how the comparison between wisdom and folly ends at the end of the chapter. Speaking of folly's unsuspecting guests who come and, and accept her invitation. Little do they know that her guests are in the depth of the grave. Wisdom's guests receive life. Folly's guests get nothing but warmed over death. There's no free ride with folly. After I'd lived here several years, a couple came to my door and I opened the door and I recognized uh, who they were by the briefcases they carried. They were members of one of the two competing cults uh, in most every American town. And when I identified myself to them uh, saying, I'm a Lutheran, the one said, oh, I used to be a Lutheran. And those words have haunted me from that very moment on to this day. I'm still disturbed because this person had traded the gospel that gives life, the good news that Jesus has forgiven all of our sins, and he's, and he's even given us the faith that qualifies us to be children of God. She traded all of that for insecurity. Am I among the 144,000s who are going to get heaven or not? And if I'm not, maybe I will be if I just do a little more, if I try a little harder, if I visit a few more homes. But in the end, she couldn't say for certain whether or not that guaranteed her a place in their so-called chosen 144,000. It was nothing but the same warmed-over offer we've heard countless times before. You can make it on your own. You can do it by your own strength. You can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. 
what they offered her apparently tasted sweet. But unfortunately, and probably too late, she and those others who were caught up in this thing discovered that they've only swallowed food poisoning. And it's going to end in a terrible tragedy, eternal tragedy for them. So listen, listen to wisdom's invitation. Wisdom and only wisdom offers you the finest fare, the very best that God has to give. And that wisdom is Christ and Him crucified, died, and resurrected so that you and all who put their trust in Him know for a certainty that they are going to be sitting at that heavenly banquet table along with Christ, enjoying it forever. And as you read, Mark, learn, and yes, inwardly digest His words, you have life, a life that lasts forever. Amen.